Welcome back to another edition of the Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast. We got a great Q and A for you this week. But before we get to that, we got news and notes because lots is lot is going on. Limestone Branch Distillery Master Distiller Stephen Beam announced the upcoming release of the 2022 Yellowstone Limited Edition Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, featuring a balanced blend of seven, fifteen, and sixteen-year-old aged bourbons, hand selected by Beam and aged in Marcella. Saporia cast the latest expression of Yellowstone limited edition will be available in September with a suggested retail price of $99 and 99 cents for a 750 milliliter bottle for you beer lovers. There's plenty of fun happening this coming weekend. The summer beer fest at the Fraser history museum in Louisville is happening Saturday, August 6th, the second annual IPS IPA fest. Uh, at West Six locations across the state is happening also on Saturday. And then down at the Kentucky Dam Village State Park is the Old Beach Beer Bash all on Saturday. So lots of fun for you beer lovers out there. And last but not least, tickets are on sale now for the Bourbon Women's 2022 Symposium, which begins on Thursday, August 25th. A three-day event includes excursions to local bourbon distilleries, seminars, silent auctions, and more. If you haven't, uh, check out some of our past episodes with folks. Uh, related to bourbon women a lot of good stuff that they're doing so check that out if you're interested uh, like i said tickets are on sale now but up next is our q a with sarah bradley owner chef of the freight house in paducah she's also the runner-up of top chef season 16 which was based here in kentucky enjoy remember to check out hops and spirits on social media at hop spirits all one word on instagram tiktok facebook and twitter you can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our Q&A, she's the owner-chef of the Freight House in Paducah, Kentucky. She's runner-up of Top Chef Season 16, and if you follow her on social media, she has a ton of fun. Sarah Bradley, welcome in. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? I am good. I am good. And, you know, we're, we're going to get into some of the fun that you do, but I must say, uh, you, I feel like you don't take yourself way too seriously for the amount of accomplishments that you have. <laughs> you know, my parents always said that the best quality in a person is being able to laugh at themselves. So I, I, I like to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm looking forward to having a, a good time as we talk. And I think one of my first questions I always ask, and I always say the cliff notes version, because I know I can ask this question and 20 minutes later, I could have the final answer. But just tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, don't go too detailed because I got questions to follow up on of, of how you got to where you are. But just that little Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yeah, born and raised in Paducah, Kentucky. And I'm back here now uh, raising a family, two little girls and a husband. Um, I own the freight house. But before that, I was in uh, Lexington, New York, Chicago, Birmingham, Charlotte. So kind of all over the place. Um I'm a UK grad, Johnson Wells grad, um, and having a lot of fun um, with my restaurant, the Freight House. So, yeah. I, that that is perfect. That is that is perfect. I always worry when I say give me the cliff notes because I never know how detailed folks will will go. Now you you know obviously if if folks followed along, you you finished second on on Top Chef. You 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 know like I said, you've done some amazing things at the Freight House. You know, when I've, I've talked to other chefs, you know, that uh, that balance maybe multiple restaurants or things like that. I'm always curious and I'm saying for you, what is your role these days? Are you still in the kitchen every day or do you got to do a little more business uh, per um, se? You know, I'm super lucky. I have a really good staff, um, like amazing cooks, amazing sous chef, pastry chef, general manager. All of those s spots are filled with like really great people. 
So I don't have to be on the line anymore. You know, I don't have to be cooking anymore, but I like to be here. Um, you know, this is a family owned restaurant and I think it's important to be here at least, you know, a little bit every day. So yeah, I'm here almost every night. Well, and you mentioned that you, you know, you're a UK grad, you got a psychology degree though. So what yeah. happened and how are you a chef? Where, what, what went wrong or what went right? <laughs> you know, I, and I, so I have a degree in psychology, but I focused mostly on statistics. I love math. Um, I'm not that great with um, letters. You know, they, they, they look backwards to me. They look jumbled to me. Numbers I'm great with. So, um, you know, I graduated and was working a job, um, you know, in the psychology field. And I just kept going and getting a job in a restaurant or going, you know, even like cooking in a restaurant on my days off. And so I decided, you know, that I just didn't think like that kind of regimented job was for me. So I went back to culinary school in Charlotte, North Carolina, and um, just got really lucky working for a great guy. And, you know, it just has just grown into this. So no, no, I got to ask, do you use that psychology degree at all in the kitchen? <laughs> I do. I do. I use it all the time. You know, this is a, a restaurant is a high stress job. Um, things need to be done very quickly in a certain order. And so sometimes, you know, I think that whenever um, it doesn't always happen like that, we can you know, be hard on ourselves or be hard on each other. Um, so yeah, I, I think I use my psychology degree, but I think the statistics part of it is what has made my business successful. The number crunching and the, how much do we need to order and how price things out and kind of all of that numbers part has what made, made everything, you know, so good. Well, I mean, at, at the end of the day, when, when you're making something, whether that's a business or, or even, you know, cooking and so forth, there, there's ingredients, there, there's a recipe, there's two parts, three parts, four parts. So the, those numbers, I, I believe, come in very handy. Yeah, super, super handy. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the thing that was the most surprising for me is becoming a chef where you thought, you know, you're just going to create these beautiful dishes every day. And it's going to be all about the food. And you realize when you become a business owner, it's not all about that. It's about paying taxes and paying your employees and, you know, doing all of these other things. So, um, so I think that that degree from UK helped me a lot but in well, other ways. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I've learned that there are a lot of different personalities in a kitchen. So I feel like that psychology degree can help you balance some things out there too. <laughs> it is, but you know, what's one, a great thing about this restaurant is that like, it's, it's pretty simple. And I tell this to people, like when I hire them, like if you're an asshole, you are not going to last in this kitchen. Like you have to be nice to people. You have to be considerate of people. You have to be a good person. And so our staff is just great because they all treat each other well. So that, that, that is a helpful thing. And I think that goes to, to you and, and, and your family that, that runs it and sets the tone. Now, you, uh, with, with your family, you share a lot on, on social media. What's it like to, to do that? And you seem to have a lot of fun with that, whether it's with the girls or, or just the restaurant in general. Yeah. You know, so my father, um, taught me the books, you know, taught me how to pay taxes, taught me, you know, how to do all those things. Um, my mother, when we first opened, was doing all the pastry. But since then, for about the past four years, we've had a really accomplished pastry chef here. So that has taken a lot off. And, you know, I mean, my folks were down here polishing glasses behind the bar, hosting, doing whatever needed to be done to help me get this off the ground. And now just uh, 
couple of days ago, I kept my daughter, my oldest daughter, Lula, she's three. I kept her down here with me and she helped take plates to tables. And she, you know, she was only focused for about 30 minutes and then she wanted to watch my phone. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I think it's important for her to see, you know, what mommy does when she goes to work every day. So I, I love that. I, I was going to say, how much fun do, 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 do your little ones have when they get, go there? I mean, are they like you said, I mean, they're helping out a little bit, but are they also enjoying a little bit of the, the perks of the food and so forth? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they will they'll eat almost anything. We have a special dish here at the restaurant. We call it a Lula plate. That's my oldest daughter's name. And when she first was starting to eat food, you know, we take a little bit of everything that is like kid friendly and put it on a plate, all the fruits, all the vegetables, the eggs, the cheese, you know, everything. And it comes out in this beautiful rainbow of colors. And, you know, we sell, we serve that to children. A lot of times we don't, you know, we don't even charge for it. Um, we just to get them exposed to different things. And I think their parents are sometimes surprised that the children will eat almost everything on the plate. So. I'm very fortunate. My, my, my daughter's three and a half and has loved food from the get-go, knock on wood. Hope I don't uh, <laughs> ruin that. Uh, but it, it's awesome to see. And you mentioned you know, your dad, your mom were huge parts of this. I, I think you're, you you listed your mom as the kitchen mom, you know, just yeah. helping out anywhere she can. What's it like sharing this with them? Because that's got to be pretty special. You know, I think that as um, someone who, you know, just in the past, you know, three, four years become a, a parent themselves, you really have no clue how much your parents love you until you have your own children. And so, you know, I thought that I was asking so much of them to help me get this going. And, and now I look at it and see like, I would do anything for my kids. So I think they were really excited to be part of it and to see it become successful. And, you know, now my husband, um, you know, he's an attorney, but he's also a farmer. And, you know, now he gets to be part of it too. So just today he, they picked, I don't know, how many bags of sweet corn for the restaurant, you know, right off the farm. So it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and two, you, you get your mom in on some of those social media videos. I think one of my favorite ones that I ever saw uh, was the uh, shotgunning a beer video. <laughs> um, yeah. One, I, I love that there's a proper technique. Um, I think other people need to look at that, but two, what's it like going to, that's just you. I assume that is just you and your mom and having fun. Yeah, you know, sometimes like like on Top Chef, people would say, you know, is that really how you are? And I'd be like, yeah, that is <laughs> that is exactly. They perfectly captured me, you know, quick to emotion, quick to forgive, have a lot of fun. The more the merrier. Yeah, that is me. And so, you know, there's a behind the scenes of my mother trying to shotgun a beer, which we've never released because it is um, it's not that great. <laughs> you know, she, she just she was like, what am I doing? But yeah, you know, it's, it's fun to get to do stuff. You know, you never imagine as a child that your relationship will grow to where ours is, you know, ours is now, but um, yeah, she's a lot of fun. So, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, did you ever think you were going to shotgun a beer with your mother? <laughs> there are so many things that I've done with my parents that I never thought I would get to. Um, yeah. I didn't think I'd ever shotgun a beer. You know, there's, there's pictures of my mom up on, you know, she's, you know, cooks holding moonshine pies and she's drinking moonshine. She's game for anything. She's, she's <laughs> the same person as me. So that's a lot of fun. I was going to say, I mean, I think, is it either your profile pick or one of your main picks on the website is you sitting on the bar drinking some bourbon. So, I mean, yeah. like, like mother, like daughter. Yeah. I mean, she's, 
you know, she's a, she's more of a scotch girl, but, um, which I am just, I'm trying to get into scotch, but haven't, I'm, I'm just can't do it. But, uh, yeah, she's more of a scotch girl. My dad's a big bourbon guy. So. Well, I, I was going to say that, that, that comes through with, with the restaurant. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second. You, I, 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 you, you mentioned just having fun. I mean, the, the bloopers that you put up, the things that you share, I mean, I feel like some people wouldn't do that. I mean, you're you're on the bar on one of the videos saying you're like George Costanza almost. I mean, like, but yeah. but that that's you. And I guess does that just showcase that you know you can have fun, you can do cool things in this world, and and you know don't worry about it, right? Yeah, I think it directly speaks to like the cooking of food. Um, like if you're happy and you're enjoying while you're cooking, whether you're a professional chef or you're just at home cooking for your family, it comes across in the way the food tastes. And so, you know, we really strive to have a good time and let people be happy. And, you know, we listen, I've worked in kitchens where there's no music, no talking, and that's not how it is here. There's music, it's loud, we have fun, we have family, you know, we do all of those things. Um, yeah, you can't, I mean, you just can't be too serious. You know, this isn't like rocket surgery here. We're not like, you know, curing the world. We're cooking food, delicious food, sourcing it responsibly. And and that's, you know, let's have a good time while we do that. Well, and, and you, you, you touched on it there too. I, I think one of your biggest mottos is, you know, chefs should not only feed people well, but feed them responsibly. And you take that very much to heart there with, you know, the Asian carp being on the menu to, you know, sourcing locally. I mean, from, from the family farm, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that, I think that that responsibility goes a little bit farther than just sourcing your food. I think it directly affects in how you treat your employees. You know, you have to pay them a living wage. You, have, you know, we offer retirement plans here. People get paid time off, paid holidays. Um, you know, you have to embrace the whole concept of you can't just be concerned about the customer. You have to be concerned about the family that you've created, which are your employees. And so, um, you know, I really look at it this like circular thing, you know, because I'm buying food locally. I'm selling it to people. That money's coming into me. I'm paying it to my employees. And then, you know, I'm hoping that they go and spend it locally too. So it's this whole kind of, you know, how the world turns thing, you know, we need it to all be like that. So I, I do, I take it pretty seriously. And, and I guess where, where did that come from? Cause you know, I mean, a lot of people do that, but to take it even that step further with, you know, like I said, the, the Asian carp being on the menu, that that's an invasive species in the river and then treating your employees well, probably well before it became, you know, cool, cool to do. I mean, what, why do that? And we're, you know, like how, why did that come to mind? Um, you know, my grandfather was a small business owner. My father was a small business owner. You know, my I've, I've lived that life and seen, and, and these were all family, you know, run businesses. And so, um, you know, I've seen what an impact a family owned business can have on a community. And so I've just really strive to to be part of that as opposed to be away from it well and and you got to represent the community uh very 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 well you were part of top chef uh season 16 which was top chef kentucky uh what was that like i mean i mean that had to be a cool experience dude it was so it was so cool it was i mean i'll tell you i would do it again in a heartbeat um it was super cool 
but it was a lot of pressure too, because I really wanted to showcase my state, you know, and being the only person. I mean, I think you always know if you watch Top Chef, they're going to pick a couple local people, um, you know, being the only one that they chose from Kentucky, I felt you know, like I really had to do well and showcase food and showcase the hospitality of this state. And so, um, so it was a lot of pressure, but it was fun. And I, it was great. It was great. I loved I mean, it. I loved every minute of it. I mean, I was going to say, you know, when you hear hear reality shows, you always wonder, like, did they showcase it like it was? But I think you said it, it it's you. It's it's how it looked. And and but also, too, what's it like competing on that? Because it's not like working exactly in a kitchen. There are timed things. There's very specific things which are not usually normal, per se. Yeah, I mean, like when they say the time, the, the time is real. There's no like, oh, I, I just need 15 more seconds. Can we make the camera look like the time is real? And the amount of money that you get is are real. And the the rules, you know, are very specific to each challenge. And um, I kind of thrive, like, under rules. I kind of like that. And I love competition. I, I love competition. I mean, if it's board games or it's, like, who can walk the fastest in the grocery, I'm, like, down for competition. So um, I really, I think I excelled under those circumstances. Do you, do you still keep in touch with anyone from, from the season or, or anything like that? Or uh, Kelsey and I still talk all the time. I mean, all the time, a couple of times a week. Um, you know, she's been here to the restaurant to mm. do events. Um, we, we just remained close, but we were close before the restaurant, you know, before the show ever happened. Um, and I still talk to Nini a lot. Um, talk to Eric every once in a while, you know, I still keep in touch. We kind of all have this um, TC 16, um, we actually call it the ex-cons because we're the ex-contestants <laughs> um, group text. And, and we're always, you know, tweeting out or, you know, texting out support of each other or things that have happened or asking business questions. And it's just a really nice community to be a part of. Oh, I was going to say, I mean, with, with your journey, I mean, you went into, you know, like you said, you you, you went to Johnson and Wales to, to, you know, down in Charlotte to go to culinary school, worked in some really amazing restaurants along the way. What's it been like to go through that and meet people along the way and learn things along the way? Um, I, it's, I, I don't know that I could, that I would want to change my journey to like where I am at all. Um, you know, working in New York, I've worked in really technique driven places. And I think that that developed my, the techniques that I use for cooking, a lot of classical French, um, but very technique driven restaurant. But then like working in Chicago, uh, I really kind of embraced like the flavor that, I, you know, we, pork centric, this is a pork centric restaurant owned by a Jewish girl in the South. Um, you know, so like, I think I really like started to build like the flavors that I wanted in Chicago. And I also, um, you know, I worked for Paul Cotton there and he was great to the people that worked for him. And I think I kind of started to kind of paint the bigger picture of what I wanted my space to look like and how I wanted to treat the people that worked there. Uh, what, what pushed you to, to come back to, to Paducah and, and open the freight house? Um, have you ever been to Paducah? I have not. I'm hoping to get out there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fresh. Well, I say freshly. I've lived here like seven years in Lexington, Kentucky, but I'm formerly from West Virginia, so I'm slowly working my way across. <laughs> I mean, I think what's the coolest part about Paducah? So, 
we're a UNESCO city. We're like a world heritage. We're designated world heritage site. Um, we're right like the confluence of four rivers. Um, it's an old town um, and it's a little dot of blue and sometimes kind of the sea of red. So it's just a really neat artist community. But, um, you know, I left the day like I was gone right after high school. I was I was done and I never thought I would move back ever. But the farther I got away, the more I realized I wanted to be close. My siblings were having children, my parents, you know, getting a little bit older. And so I kept. So once I got all the way far away, then I started getting closer back. And then I started coming home and being like, man, I could really be a part of something and build something cool and big in Paducah, as opposed to just kind of being another line cook or another chef or another restaurant in a big city. Um, yeah, Paducah is cool. If you've never been come to Paducah, you will be so surprised. People are so surprised. Yeah. It's it, it's on my list and I, I'm hopeful to get out to, to Western Kentucky and see the beauty out there. I, I read too, where, you know, you talked about, it, you know, when you're figuring out where to launch a restaurant, cause I, I believe you came from Chicago down, down to Paducah. Like it would have almost been impossible up there to launch what you wanted to down here. And, you know, I mean, and also you were able to turn an old vegetable warehouse freight house into a restaurant. Like that has to be yeah. really cool. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I had offers when I was in New York to do something and some people came to me in Chicago and wanted to do something, but, um, but I was just going to be something. I was just going to be a part of it. Uh, you know, I was either a very small investor or just the chef itself. But here in Paducah, you know, I'm able to own a space and a business and, um, and I don't have anyone, I don't have to answer to anyone else. I can do it the way I want to do it. So that's, that's a powerful thing. Well, and, and obviously uh, the, the name I'm assuming comes from the building where you, you settled on and is a, a, an homage to it. Yeah. It's people will be like, where did you get the name freight house? And I'm like, it's so original. This is a freight house. I mean, this is just an <laughs> old train station. Um, it's a, you know, a vegetable depot. Um, and it's, you know, this was like kind of the agricultural epicenter, this building and like where it is located for all of Western Kentucky for a long time. This is where all the trains came in and all the produce. Um, so it was really fitting to, you know, put something back in here, especially that, you know, when, you know, when we can, we source as much locally as possible. You know, people will sometimes be like, are these olives local? And I'm like, no, they are, those are not local olives or lemons or, you know, there's some stuff we just can't get around here, but when we can get it, we do. So, and it's nice to bring it all back into the same building. I mean, what's it, I mean, when, when you were looking around for a spot, did you just know right away that was where you wanted to be or was it kind of looking around and lo and behold, it was just kind of right there? I think we looked at about 40 properties and then, um, um, someone saw my mother at the gym and said, I heard your daughter wants to move to Paducah and open a restaurant. And she said, she does. And she said, well, I've got a building that she has to see. So my mom called me and then we called a friend and there was like this whole telephone tag. And then we met up down here at the rest for the freight house and climbed in through a hole in the wall. Like there was like a, a door and we had to shimmy it open and climb in on our hands and knees. It was freezing cold, bitter cold. It was like the very beginning of January, like January 2nd or 3rd. 
And by February 15th, we had a lease sign, we had contracts going, and we were ready to start building the restaurant. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, you can see these ceilings above me. These are 40 foot, 100 year old, you know, the building's over 100 years old now. And it's just an amazing space. So did, did, was that breaking and entering or are you playing the fifth? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was definitely breaking. <laughs> we broke some stuff, but I think they gave it. They gave us permission to get in, but probably not that way. But that's the only way we could figure out how to get in. So that's what we did. Well, and, and it's a it's a cool spot. You do s- such amazing things there. And when folks are able to come out and visit Paducah and 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 see the freight house, what what are they going to get there when when they get to to make that visit? You know, there's only um, you know two or three things that stay on the menu like year round: uh, Sherman grits, a braised pork shoulder dish, which is our take on like a Paducah classic, and beer cheese. Other than that. You know, we're always going to have deviled eggs, but they're always going to be different. We're always going to have Asian cart, but it's always going to be with a different setup. Um, you know, so there's stuff that are kind of classics to us, but even those classics are constantly changing. We're changing them to, you know, highlight seasonal produce, to highlight ingredients. Um, and a lot of times also to highlight stuff that we don't want to waste. Um, you know, we, we, we don't want to waste anything. So we figure out a way to utilize the entire plant or the entire thing in numerous dishes in numerous ways. Well, I, I love to hear that. And that really goes to that being sustainable, being responsible and, and, and going further than just the, the kind of quote unquote, what, what people expect. You also, as you can see, if you're watching the episode, there's a few drinks behind Sarah as well. Oh, I think you <laughs> I mean, yeah, even more. Even- <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's like, it still goes on this side and it still goes on this side. So, so I'm yeah. guessing if you want to go there and have a drink, you're, you're in luck. Yeah. Lots of cocktails and you know, our beverage manager. Um, he was the first employee. He was the first front of house employee I hired. So um, he is still here seven years later and he's our beverage manager now. He makes beautiful, beautiful cocktails. Um, you know, and we're making this, all the shrubs, all the syrups, all the infusions, you know, all of that stuff is made in house. Um, yeah. So the cocktails are great. The whiskey list is great. Um, you know, it's, it's, I like, I like drinking. So <laughs> I think it's a great place to have a drink. Well, and it's not just bourbon and, and whiskey. I mean, it's beer, it's wine, it's, cocktails it's it's yep. everything you could think of and I, and I mean i guess that goes to just the the vision that you had and what you wanted to, to showcase there yeah you know we um when we first opened we only I mean, when we still only do canned beers um you can't recycle glass here in paducah so i you know it, it sucks but you can't so we, we stick with cans it also gives us a lot more room for a lot more things um you know we have draft beer our wine list is really great. It's a huge wine list, but it's curated. It's, it's just a lot of fun. We separate everything kind of by the varietal. And then our whiskey list is all separated by a distillery. Um, but, you know, even like our vodka, there's probably 30 vodkas. There's probably, you know, 35, 40 gins. I mean, it just, you know, keeps going, keeps going. So, and tequila. We have a lot of great tequila in Mezcal. I'm a Mezcal gal. There you go. There you go. I, yeah. I, I'm I'm starting to get into that. I'm I'm enjoying the 
the uh, variety that is out there. And uh, it's it's hard to find something that you, you don't like these days. Now, I will say I'm curious about the barbecue sauce in a cocktail. How did that come yes. about? <laughs> Literally, it was like, let's pick a bunch of weird stuff. They, they wrote a bunch of weird stuff down. And that's the pastry chef that's standing behind me in that video. Um, and we wrote a bunch of weird stuff down and I just was like picking them and um, it tastes, it's like a, it tastes kind of like a Bloody Mary. Um, it's really, it was really good. It was like peach barbecue sauce from Kroger. <laughs> you know, it was, um, yeah, you know, it, it took me, I, I played with that cocktail for about 30 minutes before we actually, you know, put something up. I had like, we gave ourselves a little bit of time to to do it but those those are the ingredients you know and I shot a whole bunch of those that day so there's a bunch more of those coming and some of them are even weirder <laughs> but they all but they all turned out really good you know and I think that um like I love savory cocktails I'm not a sweet cocktail I love savory cocktails and I love like gasoline bitter cocktails like I want a really bitter cocktail so it works it works perfect for me I mean, who who thinks of what was it? Fish sauce, barbecue sauce. <laughs> like, I mean, I like. I mean, do you just look around and go, "Hmm, that'll work"? And does that also go back to being working in a kitchen and kind of knowing what flavors might work well together? I think it's from years of like going in the walk-in and kind of standing and looking around, or like going into dry storage and looking around and be like, "Okay, we have these ingredients. How do we make a dish?" Um, you know, and then also like you know, I was tied, like, how do you get pork into a, or how do you get fish into a cocktail? It's either going to be, it was either going to be anchovies or fish sauce. And I figured fish sauce would be less abrasive, you know, it'd be liquid and we'll just put it in there. And then, you know, pork, people put pork in cocktails all the time. I mean, you could buy like bacon washed whiskey now. Um, so I just muddled a little in there, you know, I mean, we put our homemade hot sauce, you know, I was like, we could make a bloody Marriott. This can work. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just—it really—it really was. It was like one of those like roulette things. Like, how does this? How's this going to play out? But now, are are they on the menu? Can people come and request them? They will be. I think we're going to do a little refining to the other one, and we've got to pick a name. We had a little competition. Um, whoever had the best name, uh, we're going to you know come down and, and get free cocktail. So we got to we're going to see. We're giving it one week, and then we'll pick who has the best one. But yeah, that video blew up. It was like you know. 25,000 views in just, you know, I think a couple hours. So they're fun. You know, you gotta have a good time. Like what's the point in owning a business <laughs> if you can like take advantage and, and have a good time while doing it. I, I completely agree. And it comes through tenfold with, with the videos and just everything I've seen from, from the freight house. And I guess as, as we wrap up, anything fun up your sleeves for the restaurant or you or Anything that you're allowed to talk about and not get in trouble? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I mean, we had some ideas to do some expansion, but COVID hit and we kind of, I think it's just like the, now the cash flow since the price, since the increase in construction goods, you know, how do we cash flow this stuff? So we're still working on that. Um, you know, I'm hoping to get back on TV and do some more fun things. Um, yeah, you know, I, it's just keep growing. But I also love, and I think that this is what a lot of chefs don't all the time get is that I have been, um, I've been lucky enough to create this really excellent work 
life balance. You know, I have a business that I can operate and run with my family and with my children here. Um, you know, I have, I live, you know, 20 blocks away so I could just zip home, let my dog out, come right back. You know, like a lot of the people that have worked here for so long, I, I really honestly feel like they are my family. So expansion would be great, but I also don't want to muddy the waters of what we've built here because it is a really beautiful thing. Right, exactly. You don't want to let that, that wilt at all. Yeah. And you want to make sure it, it continues to, to blossom. And, and, and Sarah, this has been a blast. I hope to get down there yeah. soon because I, 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 I've heard, heard so many great things and, uh, I'm going to also- make you, I'm going to make you a Mezcal Negroni when you come. Ooh. Is, yeah. Um, it's like a Boulevardier, but with, you know, mezcal. You're going to love it. I, I am down for that. Delicious. And, and uh, yeah. like I said, look her up, Chef Sarah Bradley on social media, the Freight House in Paducah. I mean, if you can get there, do it. Sarah, this is a blast. And thank you so much. All right. Later on, Jonathan.